competition that I love him, but I brought him back just to kill him again. Tell all the listeners that I said fuck him up, they thought I'd never be breathing again. I keep some drink in the cup in case anyone got some beef, I can eat him again. I made a promise to be there, so like a dinosaur, I'll meet him again. Yes, people, it's Friday, and this is how we do. Ha! It's a news day on Chincheg, people, and we are looking at some of the stories that are floating around right now. So buckle up, because we get busy. What? So after his fight with Joaquin Buckley... On the UFC on ABC One card, Max Holloway against Calvin Cader, Alessio DiCirio, you know, he, he, he got the win. He won by knockout. He shocked a load of people. I was going to say shocked the world, but hyperboil, right? <laughs> now, he surprised a lot of people. You know, and he, he lived up to the talent that he's got Because we know the Cheerio has talent It's just, it just hasn't all come together for him In the, uh, in the octagon, right? So, he gets to win He's got his moment John Anik And he refused to do the interview He refused to do the interview He just said along the lines of there are two people in the cage, and I don't think it's right that only the winner gets to get the interview, right? And then at the post-fight conference, he kind of said the same thing and walked off, which is, I mean, it's a, it's a curious approach to take, right? So I, I saw that he did an interview with MMA Fighting, and I was like, okay. Maybe we'll get more clarity, right? Maybe he'll kind of address this a bit more. Yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't, right? Maybe he said more and it's just bad writing from MMA fighting. I don't know. But, yeah, he doesn't really add any more meat to the bone on what he said. Right? But here's the thing, you know? It's like, uh, you know, a comp- competition medals. It's all a little bit bullshit, right? Because there's going to be a winner and there's going to be a loser. You know? That's just the way of it all. And winning is that opportunity, right? Winning is that opportunity then to call your next shot. Right, not everyone uses it for that, but that's what it is. You get the opportunity to now talk to everyone, you know, call out your 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 next opponent maybe, and thank your team and the people that have helped you. That's that opportunity. That's what winning gives you. Or if you're in the main event. Both people usually get the opportunity to um, to speak, right? Poirier and McGregor both had the opportunity to speak. Like in previous fights, like Usman and Woodley did. You know, Usman and, and Covington. You, you get that opportunity if you're in the main event. That's how it works. And to be honest, 
that's fair, right? That's fair. Now, what the Cheerio seems to be missing is there are opportunities after the fight to speak with people, right? There are a whole heap of platforms who would definitely be happy to speak to people after a fight. Win or lose I know I have put feelers out to people And said, hey, would you like to talk about, um, you know, your recent fight You know, obviously, look, you want to give people a bit of space But for the most part, people don't respond Right, but that's the opportunity to then talk about everything that happened So Let's look at, you know, UFC on ABC1 as uh, as an example, right? So what um, we were then told about that fight card was that I think it finished three minutes. It's something like that. Three minutes inside its broadcast window, right? And... Yo, you know, I I remember Dana White, he was saying how big that was And how, you know, it was just a perfect event And it perfectly just came together and everything like that Right, they just inside their window So, here's the big thing, right Every show, whether it's, um, you know, UFC, boxing, athletics, tennis Everything like that it's all got a broadcast window, right, we've seen it in other sports, right, we've seen it in athletics, we've seen it in tennis, you know, when there's been a delay to a match because of rain, and if a match has gone crazy long, I remember, I think, there was one year when, I think it was Serena Williams, and she played someone, and it went on and on and on for ages, And then there was another two uh, young ladies that played a match that went on for ages. And a lot of it was broadcast, right? But there were sets that couldn't be broadcast because the broadcast window had finished. You know, the same has happened in athletics when events have, um, you know, had to run long or have been pushed back because something else has happened, Sometimes has meant you haven't been able to see it live, right? And you can only watch a replay or highlights of, you know, said event. That's what happens. Broadcast windows. So if every single fighter was given an opportunity to talk after the fight in the octagon with Anik, Rogan, DC or whoever... That's going to make a show run crazy long. It's going to run crazy long, right? Because people ramble. People ramble. And look, when when, when people are talking, you can see that, you know, whoever it is, is, want to try and give them enough time to say what they want to say. But there's sometimes, (laughs) and we've seen it too, when they've had to like go... Okay, <laughs> you know, and the person's trying to grab their arm and be like, I just want to say, and they're like, hey, so that's back to you, over <laughs> Indy. You know, that's what happens, because you've got a window. So, look, only the winners get to talk, and not always 
do they get to talk if they're on the undercard? There's been a lot of occasions where, you know, some fights, the winner doesn't even get to talk, right? That's just the nature of the beast. So I think the Cheerio needs to, um, yeah, just look at the situation and the opportunities that are there. So after your fight, you know, there's other media. Talk to the media. You know, talk to the publications. There are people that will reach out. Talk to them. If you want to talk about the experience, everything like that, talk to the other platforms that are there. Because here's the other thing. You get really interesting. You know, you show... That you're a compelling speaker Makes you undeniable Right? Makes you undeniable And it will make people want to hear from you You know? Which is always the huge thing It's always the huge thing Because those people that can speak well They get those opportunities to speak Right? So... That's the rub, man. Like, the Cheerio shouldn't look at this as a participation. Everyone gets the same. Because that's not what happens. It's not what happens. It's never been what happens. And it's just not what happens in life. You know? So, seize the opportunities when they are there. Don't... Yeah, don't try and make these... Weird half ass kind of stands because it doesn't do anything. It doesn't. It doesn't help you. You're not helping your cause. Telling people I'm not talking to me. It's not helping your cause. Now, if you had sat up there and maybe spoken to everyone, but broke down the feelings in a more you know succinct way, that might have been a good thing. You know, he could have done that, but he didn't. He didn't even use that opportunity to speak on that thing. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the Cheerio learns from this, how he moves forward. I mean, there is one other thing that he, he, you know, he said, right? So, you know, and it's a common thing, right? Uh, A lot of people do it. It's, I'm not calling people out. I don't believe in trash talk. You know, I think MMA is a sport, right? Now, come on. You can call for a fight without having to say anything nasty, right? Calling for a fight isn't an insult. Say, you know, saying to someone, hey, you know, um, yeah. Man, I'm I'm glad I got this win. I would really love the opportunity to uh, fight Alistair Overeem in my next fight. You know, I, I think Alistair, he's shown what a competitor he is. I think my skill set matches up very well, right? I, you know, what I mean, I've been training for the you know, the last ten years, right? I, I feel my stand up is good, my jujitsu is good. You know, I think I've got an all-round game, and I would love the opportunity to test my skill set against his skill set. So, hey, what about it, Alistair? Right? Would you like to, uh, you know, 
pit skill against skill, maybe in May. Hey, I'd love that. Boom. You know what I mean? There's nothing in so like you don't have to be. Hey, that son of a bitch. Yeah, I want to knock him out. I want the world to see he's a fake. I would. You don't have to say shit like that. Right, calling for an opponent is calling for an opponent, and let's be clear too. All the other sports, there is trash talking in every fucking sport, right? People want to try to act like, oh, MMA is the only sport with trash. Look, people talk shit in basketball. People talk shit in American football. People talk shit in athletics. You know. I'm the fastest man in the world. He wants to think he's he's only there. He only won those races and broke the record because I wasn't there. If I was there, he'd be fucking eating my duck. Like people have taught shit. <laughs> like I remember before um, you know, the Steelers played Washington, right? In December. Or was it November? It was one or the two, right? So there was a cat on the Steelers team that was just like, oh, yeah, we got Washington next week. That's easy work, man. (laughs) We don't even have to practice for that game. We're going to walk it. And in the end, Pittsburgh lost. Right? But, yeah, there's trash talking in everything. So what are we doing? Right? Why are we trying to act like... Calling out an opponent, calling for a fight is a negative. It's not. Right? And if you have an opponent in mind, you know, if you call out a fight after a win, you grab that microphone, you call for someone, gets everyone talking. If it is a good matchup, right? If it is a good, compelling matchup. You see social media go on fire. People start making predictions. People talking. Which then, in turn, the matchmakers see. Right? Sean Shelby, Mick Maynard. They see that. And they think, alright, that's a good matchup. Right? Everyone wants to see it. Which means people will want to tune into that fight card. Our job is done. Let's make that match. That's what happens. That's why it's good. So, um, yeah, let's let's stop with the, this stupidness. You know, let's stop and start calling shots. You know, seizing those opportunities. You know, in both ways, talk to people, get your story out there, get your message out there. And also, seize the day. You know what I mean? Seize the fucking day, people. So, one of the biggest stories to come out of this recent stint on Fight Island has to be Otman Azatar. Right? So, Otman Azatar was a lightweight. Right, he has a record of 13 and 0. 13 and 0. Right, he's got 10 knockouts out of those 13 fights. And in the UFC, two wins, two knockouts. 
right, in the first round as well, people. You know, so definitely a promising fighter. So he's, uh, you know, Azatar, he's from Morocco, but I believe he fights out of Germany. You know, so, um, yeah, he. I feel he had a lot, right, a lot of promise, a lot of potential. And on the night at UFC 257, he was meant to be fighting Matt Frivola. And we, we know that didn't happen. So many people were wondering, what, well, what went down, right? Because at the weighings, it was just like, oh, Azatar's not here. So you're thinking, oh, did he fail a, a COVID test? What happened? And the, the initial statement that was put out was a little bit ambiguous, Right, so all we heard after a little little bit of time was UFC is aware of a recent violation of the health and safety protocols involving Otman Azatar. As such, Azatar is being removed from the safety zone and his upcoming bout with Matt Provola has been cancelled. The organisation continues to keep the health and safety of all its participants as the top priority and will take action against anyone that does not adhere to the strict measures put in place. So you were wondering, huh, what's just happened? Right? So then it all became clear. So part of the protocol is a number of tests and quarantines. Right? So if you've listened to, you know, Believe You and Me, the Annika and Florian podcast, you know, and I guess probably a lot of others, they've kind of laid out what happens. So let's take Annick for instance, John Annick, right? He, he gets to Vegas, right? So once he gets to Vegas, he has to get a test and quarantine for two days, Right? Then, once the results come through, you can get on the plane to Fly Island. Once you get to Fly Island, you do another test. You then quarantine for two more days. Results come. Then you're given a wristband. Right? So, every day you go, you get a new test done. Get a new test... And you get a new wristband, right? So all of this indicates that you're safe and everything is cool. It's the way they maintain their bubble. Now, what Azatar and his team did was cut off their wristbands, right? They cut off their wristbands to give to other people. Yeah. Gave the wristbands to other people to allow them into the UFC bubble, right, but these other people, no record of any tests or anything like that, so you understand, you know, the safety breach, which that is, so supposedly, this guy, uh, there was a guy, and he, he got into one of the rooms, he then shimmied across several balconies to get to, um, yeah, to get to, 
you know, Azatar's room to get the wristbands. He then left and enters the hotel through the front door with a bag to take up to, um, yeah, Azatar's room. Now, no uh, no word on what was in the bag. But, see, I think one of the, the things that they didn't really consider, well, firstly, it was all caught on video camera. Secondly, there is only a certain number of people coming in and out. Right? Only a certain number of people coming in and out. Because you've got, you know, a said number of fights happening. So it's not the hustle and bustle of, say, a, a, a fight card that is happening in normal times. So the security team gets to know faces. So when this dude came in, no one recognised him. No one recognised him, right? So it was obvious something is going down. And yeah, as a result of all of this... Otman Azatar is no longer a UFC fighter. It's no longer a UFC fighter, which is huge. It's a huge thing. And here's the question, right? Because, look, people have been cut for missing weight. People have been cut for missing weight. People have been cut for, you know, failing a USADA um, test. So, usually, you know, usually, you then get another chance, right? We've seen people that have been cut for missing weight. You know, they fight once or twice outside the UFC. If they're looking good, they get back in, right? And again, there's been fighters who have failed the USADA, uh, you know, tests, Right, because you have to take a test when you enter. So they failed that test. But, again, th there's been plenty of opportunities when those fighters have been allowed back. Will Azatar be allowed back? Because doing what he did, man, there are huge consequences. Huge consequences to this. Because you are then putting so many people at risk, right? So many people at risk. Like Dan Hooker, he um, you know, he said that, yo, Azatar's room was just across from his. So think about that, right? If say Azatar had got COVID, he might have bumped into Hooker. Given Hooker COVID, which then scraps the co-main event, right? Or he bumps into other fighters, you know, because look, they all go to the same spot for lunch, right? There's training facilities, all of these things. So, hey, there's plenty of opportunities to infect other people. So, technically, Azatar could have wiped out the entire card, could have wiped out the entire card if the breach hadn't been picked up, right? So, there is that. Also, 
This is a like this is a huge. It's a huge thing. The, the protocol has been put in place to allow people to still work. Right? There's protocol. Everyone knows the protocols. Everyone knows. And we are so far in. If this had happened in May last year, right? I think people might go, ah, well, I guess people didn't understand. Even though, meh, that's still a, a weak excuse. But now, there are, there are no excuses. There are no excuses for something like this. So it shows that you cannot be trusted. Shows you can't be trusted. So do you want to bring that person back into your organization? Right? So, I, I, it, you know, it brings up those questions. And then, you know, would Bellator want to bring him in? There's, hey, he's got a great record. He's unbeaten. 13 fights, 10 knockouts. It's a great fucking record. But if you are Bellator, if you're PFL, you know, if you're LFA, if you're any of the other big organizations, would you want to bring Azatar in? Because he could then do the same for you, right? And maybe the next time doesn't get picked up and he infects a whole heap of people so uh, you know he his actions may keep him out of the sport for a while there's you know we're going to be under covid restrictions for a good ass while time you know a, a good few more months at least there's, you know, it, it won't be until, you know, the vaccinations have kind of gone out whole spread, right? So, you know, Bellator, PFL, One, these are all organizations that are trying to put on regular fights. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of feel that everyone's going to look at this and just think, I don't want to risk it. You know what I mean? I don't want to risk our potential to put on fights. Don't want to do it. There's also, it, you know, if this shit happens, you might not get sanctioned to put on another event. You know, because they might look at it and go, ah, well, your security is not very good because this happened. So you can't put on another event. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it does make me wonder, you know, does Azatar get another chance in the UFC down the line? Hey, and does he get a chance to fight anywhere down the line? Because, hey, this is a huge display of character. And, uh, you know, came up that Azatar is lacking in that department. Lacking big time. And not just Azatar, his whole fucking team. So, uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, there's a lot to, um, lot to unpack here, people. Let's see what happens, right? Here's an interesting thing. So, Brett Okamoto, you know, he works for you, um, ESPN, does a lot of work on the UFC broadcasts, and, um, 
you know, he's a, a very good, you know, you, MMA journalist, right? So he's, um, you know, he often sits down with athletes and talks to them about upcoming fights, their aspirations within the sport, and they're always interesting, right? So he recently sat down with Kamara Usman because um, Usman is going to be defending his belt coming up with a Gilbert Burns, right, so all of this goes down, um, I believe it's in February, right, and it's an interesting one, you know what I mean, like, who's gonna win, right, it's a big fight, it's a big fight, so here's the question, right, because, um, you know, they're they're ex-training partners, right, Ex-training partners who are going at it And a lot of the time We see and we hear You know, I won't fight my uh, Training partner You know, I, I don't believe in fighting People from my camp That is something we hear a lot And um, Within this interview Usman had some Interesting points To say I worked tirelessly to get to a certain spot and a position to where I can send my daughter to private school if I want. So for you to see that and say, you know what? No, I want that. I'm taking that. I see you as just a face that's standing across from me trying to take that from my daughter. So that was a a comment that Usman said about Burns, you know, and look, I get that, right, and I imagine there's no real hatred between the two of them, you know, because... Yeah, they used to train with each other, but Usman decided to, um, you know, change camps. You know, so he he's gone to uh, train with uh, Trevor Whitman. You know, which is definitely a great camp to move to, right? But I guess look, anyone who's whatever weight class they're in, you have to kind of consider that anyone else in your gym. At your weight There might be a time when You could potentially fight them Right You could potentially fight them Unless you refuse But There's certain times when You wouldn't be able to refuse You know so That's why you know Daniel Cormier fought a different Weight class to Luke Rockhold You know because We've seen Cormier fights at 205, but he was, um, you know, fighting, um, no, sorry, Cain Velasquez. Cormier fought at 205 instead of heavyweight because Cain was at heavyweight, you know? And, yeah, I think with Luke going up to light heavyweight, he moved up to light heavyweight because Cormier had gone up to heavyweight, right? So you avoid your friends, your teammates. So I imagine that, you know, you there's that understanding. You know, so Usman, he's not kind of, I don't know, 
Maybe he is, but I'm kind of assuming that he's not thinking Burns is an arsehole. Because they're the same weight class. But the comment of, you know, you're trying to take what my daughter has, you know, that I imagine is something he's doing so he can channel that aggression, channel that mindset to... I need to destroy that dude I used to train with. Because otherwise, it's a little crazy, right? It's a little crazy. Because you understand it, right? You can definitely understand it. But here's the rub. They might have a daughter, right? They might have a daughter or a situation they want to improve. You know, maybe... Burns wants to, I don't know, buy a house for his mum, right, or or a sibling, or, you know, he maybe he's married, right, and he wants to give a better life to his wife, you know, or just even, even if he's not, even if there are no other dependents, right, Burns is allowed to go, I want to improve my situation, Right, I want a nicer place to live. I want to be a champion. Yeah, so yeah, there are definitely different mindsets, and it's always very interesting what people need to do to bring that focus. Right, to bring that singular thought of I'm beating that person or I'm smashing that task. You know what I mean? It is very interesting. But as I said, look, to kind of to try and think that you're the only one, right? You're the only one who deserves something. It is technically it's crazy as fuck. But yeah, whatever you need to do. You know what I mean? Whatever you need to do. But it's interesting, you know, it is really interesting Be interesting to see what um, Burns has to say Because from what I remember, you know, it, yeah, for him it's not a hatred thing either It's just, hey, I want that opportunity, I want to be a champion so, uh, yeah, this is a fight to look forward to And, um, yes, I was correct, the fight is taking place Next month Right, the 13th of February So we get the Super Bowl And then the following week We get UFC 258 Not bad at all, right? Not bad at all Okay, so one of the big things That has just been circulating Is Well it's Casey Kenny's comments about Megan Anderson, right? And basically, right, Kenny was on um, the Timbo Sugar Show, right, which is uh, Tim Welsh and Sean O'Malley. Yo, so they've got a podcast, and you know. Like a lot of other podcasts, you know, people come on, they talk, and, you know, they're, like, 
Sean is a, a top fighter, so you can get top talent on, right? Casey Kenny is definitely a top talent. He's fighting Dominic Cruz on, uh, you know, an upcoming card, which just so happens to be co-headlined by Megan Anderson as she challenges Amanda Nunes for the featherweight championship. So it's UFC 259. That's the card in question. It's so, uh, yeah, you know, it, it makes sense that Kenny was on the show. And there's, there's a moment when Tim Welsh asks, Casey, would you smash Megan Anderson? Right, so those are the words. And Kenny, he's saying... Uh, probably not He sounds like he's going to say something else And then he's like But, I don't know If it's 4 or 5 in the morning Maybe Right, and they laugh and it's done So, uh, after that So obviously, you know, Anderson heard And she tweeted That someone else had Tweeted the video and she retweeted it and said I guess MMA is a line of work where you can publicly talk about Whether you'd have sex with a co-worker in an utterly degrading way and face zero consequences Disgusting behaviour and it's unfortunate that he'll be fighting on my card in March <sighs> Now, right, so there's there's different ways you can look at this situation, right? And listen, before anyone says anything, right? No, it's not great, right? It, it, it's not great. And it's obviously, it's not something that you would necessarily want to hear. You know what I mean? You don't want to wake up one day and then find out everyone's talking about you. And, you know, people people are saying, no, I don't want to fuck her. Or I don't want to fuck him. Oh, they're disgusting. Or, you know what I mean? No one wants to hear that. It's, you know, it's not great. Right? It's not, like, you want to, like, basically, you just, don't need the negativity in your life, right, regardless of anything else, you know, everyone would like to hope that things are all gravy, and, you know, people hold them in a certain regard, right, if you don't like someone, fine, but, yeah, like, if you just kept it at a, a certain level, you know, so if you were to say, all right, Anderson, you know, I, I don't like the way she fights, or, bam, 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 bam. you read that's fine, but anything else, like, do we really need you to be like, uh, she's ugly, or he's just too short, or, you know what I mean, like, comments like, do we need those, not really, but this is, this is life, and that shit happens all the time, right, it just happens, you know, it's just one of those things, but, um, yeah, right, so I think you can look at it like this, and, 
it's not it's not great you know what I mean it's definitely not great and it's not really as I said a nice thing that you want to hear like did Kenny he didn't technically do anything wrong didn't technically do anything wrong now he did something that wasn't classy right so I think that's what we look at right it's what he said isn't a wrong thing you can say no I don't want to do that or I want to do this or now is it classy right is it the decent thing to say no no it's not right because would Kenny appreciate it if uh you know people who were in his field were just like yeah Kenny's shit Kenny's an arsehole Kenny's a short ugly dude right like you can brush it off and go nah that doesn't bother me but if you're hearing it on the reg then it's gonna bother you right regard it's gonna yeah you know it's gonna make you just a bit irritated now I'm sure it's not the worst thing that Anderson has heard, right? It's definitely not the worst thing she's heard. And I'm sure at the end of the day, she is fine, right? But it's just still some bullshit that you just don't need, you know, in your sphere of influence. You understand? So, when you look at it like that, you know, and... Look, I've seen comments made about Anderson. I, I think there was one time she put a picture up. Just put a picture up. I think mean, of, of her training or something like that. And someone said, oh, I didn't, I, I wondered why a dude was wearing, you know, a bra. And it was just like, there was no need for the comment. Like, there's no need for the comment. You think, why would someone waste their time writing that? So, yeah, I think she she has to listen to stupid comments. People have written things insulting her tattoos and something like that. Now, listen, Anderson isn't ugly, right? She's not ugly, you know, and even if, right? This is the thing. Now... She might not be your type, but who cares? Who the fuck cares? You know, like, because there's someone for everyone, right? There's someone for everyone. And why make comments like that? But, yes, now, should there be consequences on Kenny in uh, in the workplace? Like, should the UFC sanction him? That's where it gets a little tricky, right? I, you know, so I kind of think on what he said, no. No. Because, as I said, look, he hasn't said anything horror. Like, if he came out and he's like, oh, she's a pig, she's horrible, I wish she died, I will, blah, 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 blah. I think. Yeah, that get it gets a bit messier, but luckily for Kenny, all he really said was no. 
right? All he really said was no. So at this current moment in time, no. Now, you then have to think, now, should there be a new policy put in place, right, where you can't make certain comments, you can't disparage in a certain way, which, again, gets a little bit tricky because, you know, when you have a fight coming up and there's trash talk and stuff like that. So you don't want to hamstring people, but I guess you want to hope that everyone, everyone kind of holds themselves in a certain way. Because essentially, right, I kind of feel with things like this, it's do unto others as you wish done to you. Yeah, he, that's the thing. There's look, everyone makes stupid comments. Everyone makes stupid comments. Now, like you hear people do it all the time. Guys, girls do it too. Let's let's be real. Girls make just as many off-key comments as guys. Like when you've had the seasons of the Ultimate Fighter with the women, like they have <laughs> you hear them having conversations and there have been conversations of who do you think's attractive right what do you think of that person and look none no one really says anything too cold but there have been no no i don't find that person attractive and you know that is Essentially, it's the same as this, right? So, it's just these things happen in this sphere, right? These things do happen in this sphere. Now, a lot of there's been people that have you know made comments about it or have addressed you know what has been said, right? Kenny did issue an apology. Right, so Kenny said, um, Megan Anderson, I'm sorry this upset you. I will be more careful with my words. I was just answering a question and I thought it was all a joking matter. I see I was wrong and I'm sorry. Best of luck with training camp and your fight. Which, I mean, it is fair enough. Right, it's kind of fair enough. Now, you kind of, like... In a situation like this, I, I, I kind of feel that probably just don't say anything. You know what I mean? Probably don't say anything because it doesn't really change what happened. You know what I mean? And I think if you are going to say something, say it to someone's face. Right? I, mean, I feel that's just the best way to handle something like this. Just... Look, say it to her face, but not before the fight, right? Let her have a fight, let her get her business handled, and then maybe go down and, you know, you can say something. Buy her a coffee, be like, listen, I was trying to be funny, and I said some shit, right? It wasn't meant to be hurtful. I missed a mark. Do you mean... Like, that's all fair. That's all fair. 
You know, other people have made comments Like, I kind of feel You know, probably You know, what I think what Dean Thomas said Is probably closest to Mark Like, there's Dean, he was like Men, we gotta do better And, yeah, I just think It's probably the realest thing Because I think why do when we're in this situation, right? And it's and it's not just this current, you know, lockdown bullshit, but just life, right? There is so many hurdles and obstacles and things that are out there, right? So many things. You can lose your job. You can get ill. People around you might die. There is so many things that can you know trip us up. So. Why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Why do it to each other? Right? Why like why are we doing it to each other? So yeah, I, I think that's the big thing here. Now, I mean you can critique people's fighting or you know, whatever it is. If you're in the same field, you can be like, hey, I'm not really a fan of Steve's accounting. Right? He takes a few shortcuts. It's not great. Or Man, I have to say, Charlene's spreadsheet work is a little bit clumsy, man. You know what I mean? That would be fair. Because you're working in the same field. So, you know, then they can go, well, I mean, yours isn't much better, to be fair. And you're like, hey, you know what? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You got me. You know, but... When it's shit that, you know, has nothing to do with you, let's just not, right? Let, let's just not. Let's let people live their life and do their thing. Because, you know, you saying that someone else isn't attractive, it's... Now it's open season on you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's open season on you. Right? And let's be honest, are you going to appreciate it if a load of people said that you look like a little troll? You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's the thing, people. Just do unto others as you wish done to you. And if we all follow that, shit might just be a little bit better. A little bit easier. You know what I mean? Just maybe. Oh, a couple of things I just forgot um, Now, Tim Welsh did also apologise um, Well, I'm, hmm Now, <laughs> did he apologise? Well, he did put out a, um, a comment In regarding what was, uh, you know, what was said Right, so Tim Welsh responded as he said, the only reason I asked the question is because, you know, Anderson is way taller than Kenny. I think she is hot as fuck. So, I mean, not an apology, but he did comment. And I did think it was interesting that Chris Cyborg 
you know, she got into the mix as well, right, so she says, 100% nobody deserves a workplace culture where sexual harassment or bullying is acceptable, I respect you for speaking out, and then Cyborg tags a, you know, an article of her talking about being bullied, and the, uh, you know, the whatnot, but, but, right, it is interesting that Cyborg says that, because Cyborg did actually try, you know, she tried to bully Anderson in the past, yeah, so in 2018, you know, like, Cyborg was looking for a fight, and, um, you know, it was a time when they were trying to schedule Cyborg against um, Amanda Nunes, you know, so uh, they were meant to fight in July, and, it, you know, it, kept, it got pushed back, and they eventually fought in December, remember, right, Nunes won the fight, but, so... Cyborg, you know, she tweeted out, you know, in the first place, if I don't fight Nunes in July, are you ready to go by then? And then she, you know, tagged in Megan Anderson and Nick Maynard, right? Now, (laughs) Anderson replied and, you know, she basically told, um, Cyborg's boyfriend, who's her manager and who runs her social media, probably best to speak with the hate the, the UFC, and let's not do this on Twitter, right? So that's what she sent out. From that response, you know, Cyborg's Twitter responded with, "You want to talk business, Megan Anderson." I didn't come to the USA on a tourist visa to work illegally, then have personal issues so I could marry and stay in America. And then she she also tags in US immigration. So, yeah, I, I, I thought it was kind of, you know, a little hypocritical. You know, cyborg talking about you know bullying and oh, I stand with you and all of this shit when she's gone at Anderson, right? She's she's done some foul shit. There's that some foul shit. There's essentially with that with what what she said. You're trying to get someone kicked out of the fucking country. You know, you're trying to get someone to lose their job. Right, that's fucked up. That is not cool, and that's bullying. That's harassment. Yeah. So um, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, a little messy, a little hypocritical, right? But um, you know, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, hopefully, yeah, I do, I do hope, and I, and, you know, as I said, you know, before, I, I think Anderson, yeah, I don't think this is on her mind necessarily all the time, 
right? She trains at a good gym. She's got a, you know, a good team around her. James Krause and all the like. You know, Saint Laura Sanko is there. Whole heap of other people are there. So I'm sure Anderson is cool, right? And hopefully, you know, this isn't going to be affecting her and all of that. And, you know, coming out of this, hey, I, I think Kenny is probably, as you know, as he said, he's going to think about what he says, right? So maybe after the event, they can go grab a drink and just, you know, sort all the shit out. That would be the best thing, right? Go get a drink and just be like, yo, you know what I mean? Listen. I apologise, we call, yeah, so, uh, yeah, hopefully this, that's it, no more, no more of this, it's just, you know, it's just too crazy, man, it's just too fucking crazy. Okay, people, so, let's talk Isada, okay, so a, a recent situation has just come up. Right, um, Raquel Pennington, you know, she uh, put a post out on her social media, and then you saw her put out a statement, and you know, essentially, Pennington has accepted a six-month suspension from Usada for a um, you know, a doping violation. Now, there is more to it, right, and. Um, if we look at Pennington's statement, this is, uh, you know, this is um, what she had to say, right? So, um, okay, let's get into it. I want you to hear this from me first. This morning, USADA will be announcing a violation I committed of the UFC anti-doping policy. Here are the facts. I went to my physician about a medical condition I was experiencing and was prescribed several medications to treat the condition. Unfortunately, I took the medications for a brief period of time before realizing I should have checked on their status under the program. I soon discovered that these medications may be prohibited, so I immediately stopped taking the medication and contacted the UFC to report this potential issue. I want to make it very clear that there was nothing that forced me to report this to the UFC and ultimately USADA. No one knew about this except myself and my physician, and USADA had not collected a sample from me since I started the medications. This was simply me realising a potential mistake and wanting to do the right thing. As USADA's forthcoming statement will show, I fully committed with them and provided them with 100% honesty. I was not trying to cheat, skirt the rules 
or trying to um, gain a performance advantage. I was simply trying to treat a medical condition and made the mistake of not timely checking the status of these medications. I want to apologise to all my fans and publicly make the commitment that I will be much more careful in the future and not let this happen again. I hope that I can serve as a role model in showing that all we that we all make mistakes, but it is what you do after realizing these mistakes that define your true character. I believe that my actions shown in these events show everyone what I can what I am made of and while I regret making this mistake I am proud of how I handled this and hope that I that you will and hope that you are of me as well thank you for your understanding and your support team rocky so yeah that's what um you know pennington has had to say on the matter right so um yeah basically what uh usada found was seven keto dia dhea and a aod 9064 so it's aod 9064 so they are the two um you know drugs that uh usada have called into question right so all of this dates back to the 17th of november 2020 which means that pennington will be you know she'll be viable to return on the 17th of may this year Right, so um, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a few things here, right? Because Pennington isn't the first to make this mistake, right? A load of people do, and you know, listen, right? You can definitely say, huh? Shouldn't she have checked? Shouldn't she have checked first? But I can also understand, you know what I mean, I can fully understand that, look, if you're ill, right, you're not feeling well, you go to your doctor, and your doctor will tell you, and they'll go, okay, if we don't get this checked out, you know, pretty quickly, you know, you you might experience blah, blah, and blah, so they're like, right, take these drugs, so you can understand someone going, Okay, okay, right, let me take the drugs so I can get better and then get back to training because I want to, you know, I want to fight soon and blah, blah, blah. So then you just start taking the drugs and then everything else and then you suddenly realise, hold on, fuck, I didn't trade the drugs against the list from USADA, fuck. Okay, let me have a look, right, that, I get that, right, that all makes sense. Now... Here's the thing, is what I understand from, you know, hearing what people have said in the past, Jeff Nowitzki um, and others, right, so, you know, there is a a list, it's either that, you know, that you can go on a database or something like that, right, and you can check 
to see if a medication is on that list. And it's getting updated all the time. Right, so that's something. Now, would it be maybe a thing? And I don't even know if this is a possibility. But you, because everyone has a physician who they see, right? You're registered to a doctor's surgery. So maybe if you're a UFC fighter, there's a way that that surgery then has access to you the USADA database, right? So they will know, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a way to flag it on the system that they know, that, you know, what you do, right? So before they give you a drug, they can check to ensure it's not there. You know, that it's not going to put you at risk Because then that means If they've got access to the database They can check and prescribe you something that isn't You know, give you alternatives, something like that And then maybe at the same time When they issue prescriptions That those scripts get sent to I don't know, the UFC or USADA Right, so then they can double check at the same time. So maybe, right, if three people within, the, if all three people within the chain have the information at the same time, if one person, right, if the fighter is gonna forget, there's, you know, fail safes in the system. To kind of ensure that, you know, someone's got their back, right? I I don't know. That might be, it could be a way around it all, you know, if that was the case. Or, like, before the doctor sends you the script, it goes to the UFC and USADA, you know, say maybe the day before they send it to you. Something, something like that. Right, just so there's a, that barrier, you know, and, and I'm sure, look, it's not going to be a perfect system, but it, it could be helpful, something, or maybe, you know, I don't know, I, I doubt this could happen, but if words were printed on the top of the, you know, the script, something like, remember to check with USADA, Right, or check your side of database before taking just something to remind people of what the fuck to do. It's like, yeah, there's gonna be look, there's people that cheat for sure. There are definitely people that cheated, but there's people that don't, and people that just, you know, because life is stressful. So there's gonna be people who forget. Because we all forget There's plenty of things that you forget Right, sometimes you've arranged to do something Right, meet someone somewhere And you're on your way somewhere else And it's just like, oh fuck, I'm meant to go there And then you have to turn around and rush And you, you might get there a little bit late And it's all a bit like, ah, ah, crazy So look This kind of thing happens to everyone 
but it, it's just the the magnitude of the consequences to the actions. And I'm sure there are, yeah, I don't know, there's probably other things that could be put in place, other mechanisms to trigger certain actions. But those are the things that I'm kind of, have just sprung to mind. But I don't know. I don't know. Here. I mean, it's good that she reported it. Right, that's definitely helped her because if she, you know, just didn't even report it, and then you know they took a sample a few days later and it showed up, then she's probably going to be in a whole heap of more trouble. But then I would say as well, could there be a thing put in place? Because I think with drugs, right, you have to take them for a certain period of time to reap certain benefits. So maybe, right, just maybe, it could get worked out what that time probably is. Right, so say with the drugs that Pennington took, if you have to take those drugs for, say, let's just say, just a round number, ballpark, two months before you, know, you start to see any gains in your system. And she took the drugs for a week or two weeks before then realizing. If you had something like that worked out, right, so... You know, there was a thing like that next to all of these drugs, and it said the periods of times and everything. So if you didn't take those drugs for anywhere near that period of time, then maybe you don't get a violation, or you get a, you maybe, right? You get a slap on the wrist, but there's so many occurrences that you're allowed. Right, so if it happens once, it's fine. You, there's no suspension, because technically, there's no gain. You reported it, so everything is fine. But obviously, if this, if that kept on happening, then, like, even though yeah, they might be mistakes, you're still not very reliable. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think a some sort of suspension would be warranted, but, you know, shit happens, so I don't know, I, I kind of feel that if you're taking something and it's not going to benefit you, you took it for a couple of days and then you realise it's not benefited you, then a six-month, you know, a six-month ban, that's kind of tough, right, that's a bit of a it's messy, you know, because you technically, nothing really has been done wrong, and with the, um, with the testing, it does show the levels, you know, hence the whole picogram situation, like a picogram isn't enough, right, so it's like they would be able to see you know, if you t said, look, I, I took it for just two weeks. So, yeah, they'll be able to see if you're telling the truth on that or not. 
And then, obviously, if you're lying, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, you, the same thing happens to you, what happened to, uh, oh, gosh, what's, who's that motherfucker that kept on going at, uh, is it Che Mills? That, that dude that kept on mouthing off the John Jones, and then they found out that he's a lying, cheating, druggie. Hmm, yeah. But then, yeah. If you if you lie about it, you potentially you know get kicked out of the UFC. So no one's gonna lie. Well, yeah, some people will, but you know, liars do get caught in the end, right? So yeah, I I think the whole Usada thing is improving, but some people are still getting caught who technically aren't the drug cheats. You know what I mean? So, uh, I don't know. What does everyone think? Do you think we should be trying to put new little safeguards in place? Or is it just more a case of, hey, if you did it, take the ban and then move on? What do you all think? Okay, people. So, let's talk Isada. Okay, so a, a recent situation has just come up, right? Um, Raquel Pennington, you know, she uh, put a post out on her social media and then you sort of put out a statement. And, you know, essentially, Pennington has accepted a six-month suspension from USADA for a, um, you know, a doping violation. Now, there is more to it, right? And um, if we look at Pennington's statement, this is, uh, you know, this is um, what she had to say, right? So, um, okay, let's get into it. I want you to hear this from me first. This morning, USADA will be announcing a violation I committed of the UFC anti-doping policy. Here are the facts. I went to my physician about a medical condition I was experiencing and was prescribed several medications to treat the condition. Unfortunately, I took the medications for a brief period of time before realizing I should have checked on their status under the program. I soon discovered that these medications may be prohibited, so I immediately stopped taking the medication and contacted the UFC to report this potential issue. I want to make it very clear that there was nothing that forced me to report this to the UFC and ultimately USADA. No one knew about this except myself and my physician and USADA had not collected a sample from me since I started the medications. This was simply me realising a potential mistake and wanting to do the right thing. As USADA's forthcoming statement will show, I fully committed with them and provided them with 100% honesty. I was not trying to cheat, skirt the rules 
or trying to um, gain a performance advantage. I was simply trying to treat a medical condition and made the mistake of not timely checking the status of these medications. I want to apologise to all my fans and publicly make the commitment that I will be much more careful in the future and not let this happen again. I hope that I can serve as a role model in showing that all we that we all make mistakes, but it is what you do after realizing these mistakes that define your true character. I believe that my actions shown in these events show everyone what I can what I am made of and while I regret making this mistake I am proud of how I handled this and hope that I that you will and hope that you are of me as well thank you for your understanding and your support team rocky so yeah that's what um you know pennington has had to say on the matter right so um yeah basically what uh usada found was seven keto dia dhea and a aod 9064 so it's aod 9064 so they are the two um you know drugs that uh usada have called into question right so all of this dates back to the 17th of november 2020 which means that pennington will be you know she'll be viable to return on the 17th of may this year Right, so um, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a few things here, right? Because Pennington isn't the first to make this mistake, right? A load of people do, and you know, listen, right? You can definitely say, huh? Shouldn't she have checked? Shouldn't she have checked first? But I can also understand, you know what I mean, I can fully understand that, look, if you're ill, right, you're not feeling well, you go to your doctor, and your doctor will tell you, and they'll go, okay, if we don't get this checked out, you know, pretty quickly, you know, you you might experience blah, blah, and blah, so they're like, right, take these drugs, so you can understand someone going, Okay, okay, right, let me take the drugs so I can get better and then get back to training because I want to, you know, I want to fight soon and blah, blah, blah. So then you just start taking the drugs and then everything else and then you suddenly realise, hold on, fuck, I didn't trade the drugs against the list from USADA, fuck. Okay, let me have a look, right, that, I get that, right, that all makes sense. Now... Here's the thing, is what I understand from, you know, hearing what people have said in the past, Jeff Nowitzki um, and others, right, so, you know, there is a a list, it's either that, you know, that you can go on a database or something like that, right, and you can check 
to see if a medication is on that list. And it's getting updated all the time. Right, so that's something. Now, would it be maybe a thing? And I don't even know if this is a possibility. But you, because everyone has a physician who they see, right? You're registered to a doctor's surgery. So maybe if you're a UFC fighter, there's a way that that surgery then has access to you the USADA database, right? So they will know. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure there's a way to flag it on the system that they know that you know what you do, right? So before they give you a drug, they can check to ensure it's not there. You know that, that it's not going to put you at risk because then that means if they've got access to the database, they can check and prescribe you something that isn't. You know, give you alternatives, something like that. And then maybe at the same time, when they issue prescriptions, that those scripts get sent to, I don't know, the UFC or USADA, right? So then they can double check at the same time. So maybe, right, if three people within, if all three people within the chain have the information at the same time, if one person, right, if the fighter is going to forget, there's, you know, fail-safes in the system to kind of ensure that, you know, someone's got their back, right? I, I don't know. That might be... It could be a way around it all, you know, if that was the case. Or, like, before the doctor sends you the script, it goes to the UFC and USADA, you know, say maybe the day before they send it to you. Something, something like that, right? Just so there's a, that barrier, you know, and I'm sure, look, it's not going to be a perfect system, but it, it could be helpful, something, or maybe, you know, I don't know, I, I doubt this could happen, but if words were printed on the top of the, you know, the script, something like, remember to check with USADA, right, or check USADA database before taking, just something to remind people of what the fuck to do, is like, yeah, there's going to be, look, there's people that cheat, for sure, there are definitely people that cheated, but there's people that don't, and people that just, you know, because life is stressful, so there's going to be people who forget, because we all forget, there's plenty of things that you forget, right, sometimes you've arranged to do something, right, meet someone somewhere, and you're on your way somewhere else, and it's just like, oh, fuck, I'm meant to go there, and then you have to turn around and rush, and you, you might get there a little bit late, and it's all a bit like, ah, 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 crazy, so, look, this kind of thing happens to everyone, 
but it, it's just the the magnitude of the consequences to the actions and i'm sure there are yeah i don't know there's probably other things that could be put in place other mechanisms to trigger certain actions but those are the things that i'm kind of have just sprung to mind but i don't know i don't know here i mean it's good that she reported it right that's definitely helped her because if she, you know, just didn't even report it and then, you know, they took a sample a few days later and it showed up, then she's probably going to be in a whole heap of more trouble. But then I would say as well, could there be a thing put in place? Because I think with drugs, right, you have to take them for a certain period of time to reap certain benefits so maybe right just maybe it could get worked out what that time probably is right so say with the drugs that pennington took if you have to take those drugs for say let's just say just a round number ballpark two months before you know you start to see any gains in your system and she took the drugs for a week or two weeks before then realising if you had something like that worked out, right? So, you know, there was a thing like that next to all of these drugs and it said the periods of times and everything. So if you didn't take those drugs for anywhere near that period of time, then maybe you don't get a violation or... You get a, you maybe, right? You get a slap on the wrist, but there's so many occurrences that you're allowed, right? So if it happens once, it's fine. You, there's no suspension because technically there's no gain. You reported it, so everything is fine. But obviously, if this, if that kept on happening, then, like, even though, yeah, they might be mistakes, you're still not very reliable, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I think a, some sort of suspension would be warranted, but, you know, shit happens. So, I don't know, I, I kind of feel that if you're taking something and it's not going to benefit you, you took it for a couple of days and then you realise it's not benefited you, then a six-month, you know, a six-month ban, that's kind of tough, right? That's a bit of a, oosh, it's messy, you know, because you technically, nothing really has been done wrong. And with the, um, with the testing, it does show the levels you know, hence the whole picogram situation, like a picogram isn't enough, right, so it's like they would be able to see, you know, if you t said, look, I, I took it for just two weeks, so yeah, they'll be able to see if you're telling the truth on that or not, 
And then, obviously, if you're lying, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, you, the same thing happens to you, what happened to, uh, oh, gosh, what's, who's that motherfucker that kept on going at, uh, is it Che Mills? That, that dude that kept on mouthing off the John Jones, and then they found out that he's a lying, cheating, druggie. Hmm, yeah. But then, yeah, if you, if you lie about it, you potentially, you know, get kicked out of the UFC. So... No one's going to lie, well, yeah, some people will, but, you know, liars do get caught in the end, right, so, yeah, I, I think the whole USADA thing is improving, but some people are still getting caught who technically aren't the drug cheats, you know what I mean, so, uh, I don't know, what does everyone think? Do you think we should be trying to put new little safeguards in place? Or is it just more a case of, hey, if you did it, take the ban and then move on? What do you all think? Okay, people, so it's that time. We are drawing to a close on another episode. But before we do, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of uh, MMA. So, Anthony Rocco Martin has entered free agency, right? He's um, fought out his last fight in his UFC, his current UFC contract. So, um, yeah, we will have to see. Does he sign again or does he go somewhere else? Hmm. Now, in the fight world, our next UFC event is on the 6th of February. Unfortunately, Julian Arce will not be a part of that. Right, he's out of his fight with Timor Valev, but Valev gets to stay um, on the card as he will be fighting Martin Day on the 6th of February. Also, another fight on the 6th of February, we have Devontae Smith against Alex Da Silva. Right, then we jump a month. To the sit for March, which is also UFC 259, and it will be when uh, you know Israel Adesanya challenges Jan Blahovic for the the light heavyweight title. So also joining the card is fellow city kickboxer Carlos Ulberg. Right, and we saw Ulberg win his contract at the end of um, the last season of Dana White's Contender Series. So, on that card, Ulberg will be going up against Kennedy Nazawukwu, right, who I believe fights out of Fortis, I think. So, then the the next week. Which is the 13th of March Ben Rothwell will be fighting Philip Lins That's an interesting fight And then um, about um, just over a month later On the 17th of April Chase Sherman will be fighting Porter Parker 
Oh, that's an interesting clash of the uh, the big dudes. And it is thought that either the 17th of April or the 24th of April is a, a date that the UFC is looking at for a fight card in Singapore where, um, you know, Zhang Weili will put her strawweight belt on the line. So, right now, it's between Rose Namanunes or Carla Esparza. So, um, yeah, be interesting to see if that happens. And um, Chris Weidman and Uriah Hall were meant to be having a rematch at UFC 258 on the 13th of February. Unfortunately, that is no longer happening. Right, Weidman has tested positive for um, COVID, so the fight has to be pushed back. So it's still going to happen, people. But right now, the um, the date which is looking more likely is April the twenty fourth, which is a UFC two sixty one. So um, yeah, that's it, people. We are done. So we will be back on Monday where we're breaking down LFA 98 and um, yeah, then we get into the lead up to uh, the event on the 6th of February. So enjoy the weekend, enjoy the fights and um, yeah, until then, peace.